Hugh Hefner, a true American icon, created an empire that was unrivaled. Although some of his bunnies may have gone rogue, it's because of the love and respect that we received from the man behind it all. The Rogue Bunny's mission is simple. 100 playmates taking control of their valuable IP while honoring Hef's iconic Playboy style and bringing that experience to our collectors. Like only we know how, because after all, we did learn from the best. Relive the stories from the most prominent celebrity home in history. From those of us that lived it, the employees that worked it, and the guests who loved it. And the, the mayhem continues. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm Scott Ramsey. <laughs> I'm in love with my voice. And I'm a co-host uh, with Brian, Brian Olea and Victoria Fuller. Hey. And and Victoria and Brian have arranged... Hey, I want to redo mine. I want to go, hey. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, we're done with that. Go on. I'm just talking right through you. So uh, Victoria and uh, and Brian loved to f*** me, so they did. Oh, they, they oh. Brought, hey. oh. <laughs> which brings us to beautiful parting gifts that we have on I'm the table. I'm glad there's not. But anyway, as we're starting the show, <laughs> that that didn't mean what I said it thought. So we have guests today. I have no idea who we've, we've been talking for twenty minutes. I feel like we're family now, but I honestly don't know who our guests are. Victoria, Brian, enlighten me, because I'm the idiot today. Well, my name's Allison Reynolds. I worked for Hef. I worked for Playboy magazine. I was around that situation for 44 years. Okay. Oh, we're calling it a situation. I was a makeup artist there. I did wardrobe. I went on trips with Playboy. Besties. Besties with Hef. And she you know what I got? Hef's social secretary for two years from 77 to 79. And that anonymous voice. Really counted. And that anonymous voice belongs my to husband, Joel, Joel Berliner, who uh, has been happily married to Allison for 28 years. Oh, <laughs> Joel Allison. 20, 27 and a half. There's 20, six that's right. months that's in there that's probably not great. But. Um, but I have the great joy of being Allison's better uh, lower um, lower half? <laughs> lower half. <laughs> Back half. Whoa. Well, whoa. You, you deserve, you deserve a hearty... Uh, <laughs> you deserve a hearty congratulations that. for coming on the show. It, it so. is wonderful you. to be here with Plus Brian, the, who we love and adore and have known for years, and, and Victoria, or I should say Victoria... <laughs> now, Joel, before we started <laughs> the show, you expressed an opinion about Karen McDougal. She epitomize an era of Playboy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm uh, beautifully and happily married to Allison for 27 and three quarters years, and we've been together for 34 years. Oh. Karen McDougal is one of the most beautiful playmates and most deserving playmates of the year that Playboy has ever had, and uh, particularly in her prime. Agreed. And we actually mm -hmm. spent a very lovely night with her and Hef and oh, that's George right. and Plimpton. Plimpton. When we went Back in the day when George we were going Plimpton. out with yes. six nights a week, we took Hef and George Plimpton, who was in town, and Karen McDougal, because she was the only playmate up there, and we went to Le Doux Cafe, which is on Las Palmas in Hollywood, south of Kind of, of in the Sunset. parking lot. It was yeah, kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Very, very yes. hip. It was an incredibly hip cap, uh, uh, restaurant. It was at the top of the game. It was in all the... The, uh, the special columns. So we went there that night with George Plimpton, who I have known since the 60s. Not known personally, but watched on TV since the 60s. So it's half me, Karen McDougal, Allison, and me. And we're there at Ledoux on the outdoor patio. Also that night at Ledoux yes. was 
George Michael with four girls pretending he was straight. Uh, he had his and, beards with him. And um, uh, you had what? He had his beards with him. No, yes. Uh, no, you know. exactly. And at the next table was Ellen DeGeneres with wow. Anne Heche. Wow. Okay. At the time they were together, and they were both. And so Hef and they were both was gra- wondering because he said to us. Is this a gay place? Is this a gay bar? That's awesome. No, that's what he said to us. But that's just the crowd tonight. And and Ellen and Anne Heche, God rest her soul, were dressed in matching silver I just came off a spaceship outfits. It was very amusing. And George Michael sitting there at the at the five top in the in the uh, in the in the booth with four other girls on either side of him. And it was just uh, it was wildly amusing. But it was a great night. We were there for a couple of hours. We go back to the mansion with Hef and Karen. And then we knew about a party up in the hills. And we're like, George Plimpton is saying to us at the mansion, so uh, what are you guys doing? He says, well, there's a party up in the hills we're going to go to. And he goes, I'll go with you. So we go. It's 2.30 in the morning. He was open to anything. We get there at 3. We're up there. I don't even remember where it was. Somewhere off Up in the hills. Somewhere in Bel Air. Middle of nowhere. And it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, George, we're going to take off. Do you need a ride? You know, we'll take you back to wherever. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. Thanks for a great night. <laughs> wow. For people who don't remember George Plumpton, he was the, uh, uh, founded the uh, Literary Society of Paris. He was mm-hmm. a great writer. Americans may know him as a TV personality who, among other things, took four snaps from the Detroit Lions for a book he called The Paper Tiger. Just a great figure. It probably was on Dick Cavett more times than we can count. But it was an amazing night. And Karen was with us, was with us that night. Well, she didn't go to the party with us. No, no. She was, what was this, like 98, 99? This had to be 99. We're flashing back to 1999, <laughs> right? Uh, I had started at the mansion in 96. You were January, Miss 96. And we are going to be going, for all of our listeners, if you're wondering what is Rogue Bunny's Mayhem, we have been telling you it goes all over the place. It, we, we are letting all of our audience... I, Come and be a fly on the wall into our lives. These are the stories that we get to tell. We were living them. We're, we're going to share them with you. We, we, we went to a convention earlier. We were talking about NFTs, the NFT world, and all that, of where the Rogue Bunnies is is going with, with this mm-hmm. company. You know, Playmates, always a Playmate, but now they've gone rogue. Once but, a Playmate, but always We were a part of a world that was so unbelievable. Right. It, it still blows my mind. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but guys, you are in for a Quick treat. I mean, it's going to blow your mind. The stories are going to come out. Allison and Joel, we have so much to talk about. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Rogue Bunny's Mayhem. Woo! This is Jennifer Pershing, Miss March 2009, and Series 1 Rogue Bunny. I'm inviting you to go rogue with the sexiest women on the blockchain and purchase Series 2 trading cards and packs while supplies last. You can also collect individual cards from Series 1. A lucky few will find a legendary or epic card. Why is that special? Because you become an instant VIP with access to gated channels to chat with bunnies in our Discord. Plus, you get automatic invites to all of our in real life events. We're building a community that I think you want to be a part of. I know I want to be in your dapper wallet, and I have 49 more gorgeous bunny sisters that would agree. Just go to roguebunnies.com, click buy NFTs, and get out your credit card, because no crypto is needed, and start collecting. Welcome to the metaverse! The mayhem continues! 
And we're back. Yes, we just all took a shot, and we are ready for segment two. It is about to get wild. Thank you for everyone <laughs> listening in. We are Rogue Bunnies Mayhem. I'm Brian Alea. I'm Victoria Fuller. I'm, I'm still Scott Ramsey. Still? And oh. we have the lovely Allison and Joel in studio. Uh, I, I've gotten to do so many radio shows with you guys, and I want to thank you. Seriously, coming back from Playboy Radio Days, Mansion Mayhem. Th- these were my movies at the mansion Oh, that's right. Yes, we remember, did that movies was your at segment. the mansion. Oh, and, those and, were the days. And, and we would talk about like all the movies that were at the mansion, what was going mm-hmm. on. Joel would go into all the detail about the different movies. It was really cool. Yeah. And when I was saying, we got to do some fun show today to really understand what kind of world we come from. And I'm like, Allison and Joel, we can go through decades. I mean, this mm-hmm. is going to be a really long show. Well, it might Allison, be even torn well, into two. Allison but if you go uh, back, we can got go. got this guy in 1989. Allison was in Playboy in 1968. When I was 11, for her birthday party, and she's also in another And 67. And 67, when she is an, a, the hot-looking girl that the extras are fondling at the bar. No. <laughs> was around a pool. Yeah, exactly. But, but exactly. Joel, you're bringing so up a cool. point. But I mean, the, the, We're talking back. Look at the stories no, that I you've work, been able I, to I experience. I work for a Playboy photographer named Bill Figgy, and he and his wife used to shoot Playmates, and they did a lot of Playmate of the Years. We worked in the studio, and we worked out front helping customers, but we had like little, it was that time when like hot pants were in. And so all his girls were... For the listener, you're, you're actually showing how high these hot oh, pants yeah, I know. Uh, went. I'm, oh, okay. I'm telling you. Yes, exactly. Hot pants, okay? Right. They shot lots of weddings, like 500 a year. Lots of portraits. They were heavy in with the um, SoCal uh, Trojans, and they used to come and get all their pictures taken there. They used to go on the Playing with Jim McKay and the yeah. supporters to the game. I mean, that's how, yeah. Right on. But, but they but, also did six centerfolds a year and yeah. six playmates of the month. In the old days. In the old days. Yeah. But they, they were the coolest people. And you started with people them what year? People thought that uh, I started working there in 60, 68 and worked 60. until 1970. Wow. They were the coolest people. In Chicago? No. No. No, in Glendale. They had a in studio Glendale. in Glendale. Half was still in Chicago. And, and the Figgies were out here in Glendale. And you want to know how cool they are? They were. Yeah. They made me uh, the studio manager because they liked the way I handled everything. And, and, and I took to this art and everything the first day. So they made me the manager. And to say they were happy with me and to thank me, they took me to the Playboy Club right down the street here yep. on Sunset. And it was really cool because I got to see all the playmates on the walls and stuff, you know. And it was just great having dinner in there. Well, we get up and they said, oh, no, hang on a second. We've got to go somewhere else. And I'm like, okay. We go out, get on the elevator, go to the 10th floor of the Playboy building. And all of a sudden, a door opens. There's half. Oh, wow. And there's a big party going on in Half's apartment. 1968, penthouse apartment. Awesome. Did he live yeah. there? Yes. Oh, he when did. He when LA, he was working in town. Before he bought the mansion. That's, that's where he also, was. That's when they were also filming Playboy, Playboy After, After Dark. Dark that's right. In that exactly. spot? He, he bought in that no, spot. No, that was spot. in they his They shot studio. that at Television City. But it was yeah. just to mimic that whole idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was Half's apartment. I mean, it was so. a cool apartment. It had, like, really, from that era, very, you know, cool... Oh, I'm and sure. Stuff. And the place was packed. 
I mean, wall-to-wall people. Was it the same thing? Food, music, all this stuff? Well, you know, that first time, uh, we didn't stay very long because, you know, we were already, had been out for a long time and I had to get back because I was married to somebody else then. (laughs) (laughs) But we just had a great time walking around and seeing all the people. I mean, I'm sure there were lots of famous people. And Hef came up and introduced himself to you? Oh, yeah. The minute we came in the door, all of a sudden, Hef, with his pipe, comes walking over to us and introduces wow, himself cool. to me because he already knew them, you know. And they said, this is our manager. This is Allison Reynolds. And, <laughs> and he was so nice. So he just said, well, have a wonderful time. Get a drink, you know. Have a wonderful time. Get, he get, just get was awesome. <laughs> Excellent. And I couldn't awesome. believe it. When I got home and I told my husband what had happened, it was just like, whoa, so bizarre. And, and who knew that later on I would spend so many years with him? Yeah, you know? and and you would ac- actually, the boss Hef would walk you down the aisle. Yes, he gave me away at my wedding. Hef was both the father of the bride and the best man at my wedding. <laughs> well, <laughs> now after after actually, he my walked, little brother Stephen was the best man, but, but after he Hef walked, walked me down the aisle, he stood next to me, so it was great. And, and, and <laughs> he, <laughs> just, he just stayed there. And years later, he, he would say, "I was father Joel. of the bride and best man at Joel's wedding." <laughs> <laughs> and what am I going to do? Contradict him? No. Hef was the, the best man and the best man at our wedding. He was Aww. wonderful. And right the father of the bride, because Allison's father was in, well, he was, firm at the time. Yes, and he was much older down. than me. And he was so sweet. I wonder yeah. how many brides Hef gave away. He gave his daughter away. So too. Well, no. <laughs> no, he gave away. Didn't he, gave he away want Kendra. Kendra? He gave away Kendra. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And yes, what about did. and what about Sandra Theodore? No, I'm not sure that he walked Sandra down oh, the aisle, no. but he certainly paid for her reception. No, I know he did. Oh, okay, at the, at okay. the yeah, he paid for the reception. Okay, yeah. Well, I got to see some of the most amazing transformations when I got there at the mansion in 96 when you know Hef and Kim were married and it was a family home and then to see it transform to when that you know they had their split and next thing you know the boss is going out and you guys were the party posse I'm going to want to ask questions about the party posse I'll tell you why we we get there before we get there to the party posse I want to hear from you Allison like what were the parties in comparison before the boss got married to Kimberly. What were those parties like? And then experiencing what he did as a resurgence, I guess. Oh, you, would you say. mean in the you 70s? The, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, well. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've, I mean uh, going That'll down the hallway. Like when we would go down, when you would go down the hallway, right? Upstairs, and he would have all these pictures. And the one that I always loved, I'd see the one picture where the village people are playing in yes. the great hall. Yes. And you're like, what? This is cool. And you see some of these old pictures like Jimmy Kahn and all these yeah. different pictures of well, people that stayed there. And you're like going, I know what the parties are like. In the old days, view, in those days in the 70s, the parties were in the Great Hall. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where the party was. And there was so only that about a everybody, everybody was like there together and like. So there was no tent. It wasn't no. The there was no tent. You were that's inside. Everybody would be up top, right? There up were top always the like asses. like balloons and stuff up top if it was New Year's right. and whatnot. But that's why everybody was able to drive up before. So when he opened it up and the guest looks expanded, he wasn't expecting it to stop Sunset no, Boulevard. I think, I think yeah, in the exactly. 70s it was a special thing, and it was very small. It was only like 100, 200 people. You had to be yeah. on the list they to be there. They so were not big parties playmates. like there were in, in the 90s and the 2000s. They looked big. They, 
Definitely not. They looked big because but, they were all. Well, they were all. We were all hall. in the great hall. Yeah. Let's just say the celebrity quotient was closer to twenty percent rather than four percent, as it was to in terms yeah. of, of. In the, the old days, everybody and came it, up, and everybody was in. There's there's a, a wonderful ABC special from 1990, uh, 1976, the one that has my favorite thing, Johnny Taylor singing. Yeah. Take it up, give it down. <laughs> Disco Babe. Yes. Um, um, I was and there. it's where Patty McGuire hands over her Playmate no. of the Year. No. To. Oh, where Liv. The other way. Where Liv hands over. Not Liv. Tell a story. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. I'm <laughs> just here for help. Lillian Mueller hands over. Playman of the Year to <laughs> Patty McGuire. McGuire. Now, just like Karen McDougal and Jody Patterson, the handover from Lillian Mueller to to Patty, Patty. McGuire has got to be the stunning beauty handing it over to the stunning beauty. It's like that's exactly great, what it was. Great, I, great epic. They were both like amazing. Did they have Playman of the Year luncheons back then? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably did they, in did the they, late seventies. But did they do 70s. them outside, like in the backyard? Do the whole yeah. like brunch thing? Yeah. I'm just curious. Uh-huh. Like, again, I know what I was part of, but I'm so curious about the stuff. Also, I didn't get to I had luncheons. You know, I was going to school. I would ask Kev <laughs> if I could have a luncheon with a lot of my old playmate friends, and he did it three different times. He let me do it three different times. Wow, that's nice. And they'd all come and hang out with me, and then the first time Including he comes Sandra. down, shush. <laughs> Zip it, buddy. <laughs> anyway, he came down one time, the very first time I had this party, and we were all laughing and having a gay old time, and he comes down there. He stayed for like three hours, and then he left, and he comes back with Playboy bunny necklaces for everybody, including me, even though I wasn't a playmate. He gave me one with the little diamonds in it, and it was so sweet. And it seemed like, and even the second luncheon, he sat there with us because he had such a good time talking to all of us because they were all like old girlfriends of his, playmates that had been there. And so he felt so comfortable with us. And we loved it that he was there. We had a ball. I think I, I had three of them. The last one, though, was when Holly wanted to uh, shoot one of them for, for the girls, girls next, next door. Next door. Right. And oh, okay. that was a little. Well, that's oh. the one you, and you did in the Mediterranean room. No, it was in the was dining it? room. It was in the dining oh, room. Oh, was it in the dining room? Yeah. Okay. It but the thing is, we'd night. be sitting there, and we're trying to talk and everything, and everyone's afraid to say anything <laughs> about all the my old t- days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, tell that story about the 70s. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. No, we had a good time okay. in the 70s, okay? You know, it, we it, really it, did. But you make up a good point, right? Because the mics, right? And no right? one twisted everything changed our arms. conversation because yep. mics and cameras are on them. Think about the parties, what they were like that you got to experience. I know I got to experience it at the beginning, and then the stupid freaking. We all know that in 2005, phone, you know, when the, the iPhone came in, the, the phone people was stopped coming. That and uh, you all know. the celebrities just said, Jack, Wait, yeah. well, I can't just Jack come up Nicholson here. Jack used to come a lot, and, yeah. and frankly, back in the 70s, everyone used to come. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. Was, it was, literally. It was astonishing. I didn't get to Playboy until 1990. For the next five years until half and Kimberly divorced, it was kind of like a very nice, fancy Oscar Wilde dinner party. You yep. could have incredibly scintillating conversations, but it wasn't really about sex, which was cool. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, when half and Kimberly divorced, or as Doc says, half was in the weeds and we started taking him out. 
for the next 18 months, it was one of the most glorious periods yeah. of our life. We, in fact, they uh, they wanted us to meet them somewhere. It was Doc and Hef and I forget who else. They wanted us to meet them at Bar One. And we show oh, up at Bar and One. And so yeah. we show up, but we don't even get in the door because and they're, they're walking coming out. out saying, oh, it's terrible in there. It's terrible oh, in there. It's dead. It's Where can dead. we go? And well, we, then Rod Stewart's ex-wife was having a party that night, and we found out where it was, and so we went up to her house. Wow. And we probably would have stayed longer, but one of her two toilets was out. <laughs> and so F was like, they let him go in first, but when he found out that that was the problem, we left. So well, that's it. That's <laughs> it. So, the following, well, out. so the following Tuesday, we're all going to go out, and, and, we, and we get a call, show up at the mansion around 10, and Doc... Calls us, or we go. No, that that was a Saturday night or a Friday night. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So we show up the mansion, and Doc is like, "I'm really tired. I'm beat. I'm going. You're gonna have to take care of him." He comes up to me and tells me that. He says, "I'm really tired. I'm going home to sleep. So you got to take him out." What? Now we had never taken him out before. Ever. And I'm sitting there thinking, "What do I do with him? (laughs) What do I take him?" Allison and me and Ron Smith. And so Allison's well, like, well, I decide to go oh, to. Allison asks Half, what do you want to do? And he goes, well, I'd love to get something to eat. And so Allison. And Barfly used to serve late at night. Lamb so chops. I call down there, and they're having a party, a private like, party. Right. And I said, oh, darn, I'm with Hugh Hefner. I need to find a place where we can take him because he's hungry and he wants to hang out. And they said, oh, oh, he could come down. I'm sure they'd know, be thrilled I'm to sure have F come. So they had a little table for us. It was just a tiny one because that's all they had left. We get down We there. walk in, and it's wall-to-wall celebrities. Oh, wow. Can we say any female celebrity it was or the male 19, celebrity In 1988, the it was the CAA pre-Oscar party. Yeah. We pull up to the gate. There's a big friggin' paparazzi thing. It's half me, Allison, and Ron Smith. Oh we God, walk Ron in, Smith. and the first two people we see is Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt standing next to each other at the front of the bar. Wow. And then we walk around. Miraculously, we find Ava Fabian and Julie McDougal, who had a Julie table. McCullough. You mean Karen McDougal? Julie McCullough. Oh, Julie McCullough. Julie McCullough. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and, and they had a table, so we joined them. In the corner, in the back of Barfly, Steven Spielberg and... Martin Scorsese are having a conversation. (laughs) Meanwhile, next to our table, uh, Demi Moore, who was still married at the time. Is it Demi? Demi, 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 whatever. (laughs) And and Nicole Kidman are standing there talking. So it was possibly the most amazing freaking night we could ever do. It was the first night we went out with half. So then... (laughs) So he decides after that night that Allison and Joel are definitely going out with him every Every night. night. (laughs) That was the beginning of the party party. That was the beginning beginning of it. So so we say to Julie McCullough, there's Tom Cruise and and Brad Pitt over there. She goes, well, I know Brad. So she goes over to them and says, you have to see him. We'd love to meet you. And they're like, oh, you have to not here. So... She comes back and says, Half, they don't believe you. And so, Half, Julie, and myself and start, me. And, and you, I walked start walking too. over to where Tom and, and, and Brad are, are standing. And we get about six feet from them, and they realize it's Hugh Hefner. The and look the, on their faces. The shock on yeah. their faces. And Half is so thrilled and, and meets them, and they're like, 
Oh my God! <laughs> Pep and, was in heaven, Hollywood and, heaven. And from right that, couldn't right. believe how many people <laughs> but think, were but, there. But think about that. that think about that, though. Eighteen months, we went out six nights a week with Hef. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And in the earliest days. Couldn't keep up with it. Them. Was it was total heaven because we were literally cruising places and hanging. We would. Jump into little tiny bars. We went to the gaslight one night. That's where we went branding. That little. Yep. On Ivar. Yeah, but it's. That's where we met the band that played at multiple mansion parties. It's it's not really a street. Well, it's it's Ivar. It's an actual street, but it's a tiny little club. Yeah. Yeah. And we're sitting there at a booth. Andy Dick's at the booth next to us (laughs) with a bunch of weirdos doing weird things. And and it's Allison, me, half doc. Uh, Heather and Glenn. Yeah. And Glenn and I wander around the club, and we run into Brandy, and we bring her over and introduce her to Hef. That's Roger. how Hef. Wait, that's when he met that's Brandy Roderick. That's yes. the night yes. oh. Hef met Brandy Roderick. That's and the, the night he met her. Was Morty Cole? Cole. And, and I forget what he called his band, but Morty played the drums and sang, and he didn't really play the drums because he was playing cardboard boxes and a tambourine, and the rest of the band. It was very odd. But Morty and his band played probably five mansion parties over the next two years. But that night was it was a, a it, it was a fun, funky kind of rock and roll. Yeah, place, yeah. You know, it's like covered, down and yeah. dirty. You it's know, but a lot of times they had great bands in there. Hey, you know? I have to say, for all the partying you guys done, you got a great memory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I tell you about the time when I was three? <laughs> the first time I saw Bonanza or play? We've got to take a quick break, but we want to hear more about these memories. By the way, this is the Rogue Bunnies Mayhem Show. We'll be back. Victoria Fuller, Miss January 1996, here again reminding you to come join the party with me and my sexy bunny sisters. Join us at roguebunnies.com again that's r-o-g-u-e b-u-n-n-i-e-s dot com Rogue Bunnies trading card packs series 2 available now at roguebunnies.com come follow us down the true magical rabbit hole you won't be disappointed see you there welcome to the metaverse this is the greatest show ever and 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 we're back (laughs) (laughs) Joel, Joel, if you could say that line one more time, right into the mic. In, into the this microphone. is the greatest show ever. <laughs> and we're back at the back. Rogue Bunnies Mayhem continues here at Mansion the Ziggy. Stories. And uh, we're here celebrating the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's album Dark oh, Side of the Moon. Yeah. And we're about yeah. to be blessed with a performance by Scott Page and his band Think X, which is a compilation of many famous Band members of other bands. It's a super group. It's a super yes. group. I guess that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're about to play a concert here once we wrap up of uh, the mm. entire Dark Side of the Moon album. They've promised Woo! to perform to Dark, to Dark Side of the Moon in order and then Pink Floyd's Best Of. Oh my oh, God, that would I include the I have a story wall. about yeah. Pink Floyd tickets. So, so if you beat us to the end, we're, we're, we're with Allison and Joel. And Allison and, <laughs> and, Allison and, and Joel, yeah. I mean... The, the, I'm Allison sitting there in a, in a meeting years. with Ma- Marilyn's year, meeting. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Let Allison speak. I'm shutting Shut up. Go. The <laughs> God dang it. Everybody. It was, let's just put it this way. It was in the 70s. It was the 76 Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd Anyway, 
I go into the meeting with Marilyn Grabowski, and all of us are in there. Marilyn Grabowski our little notes. is. She was. She was. West Coast photo editor. Perfect. And on Mondays we'd go in and she'd talk about what was going on for the week. We'd take our little notes, and then once it was over, we'd go back to our offices and go back to work. Well, I'm sitting there right next to her desk, and in her inbox, I'm looking at tickets, and I'm like, oh, what are those, you know? And so I look at them, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Pink Floyd. It's Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking oh my this. I don't say it, but I'm thinking it. So then she tells everybody, okay, that's it. So everyone walks out of the office, and I sort of leisurely take my time to get up. <laughs> and once everyone's out of earshot, I go, are you going to this? And she goes, she looks at it, and she goes, shakes her head. She goes, uh, probably not. I said, can I have them? Oh, sure, sure, take them. going. Oh. Yeah. Were they good tickets? <laughs> yeah. Were they good tickets? Good seats? Oh, my God. They were great tickets. Oh. In fact, I took my boyfriend's uh, little sister, and we're driving <laughs> down the 405 freeway because it, it was down at the Forum. And we're smoking pot in the car and everything. We're smoking pot at the concert. And I don't find out until the next day that all these people got taken in because they were smoking pot. And I'm like, oh, that's all I would have needed. Her parents would have killed me. But, oh, my God, Dark Side of the Moon. It was awesome. And this was 70s. It's like they were pristine. We're going to have to see what you think of tonight and see how the sound sounds to you. They're really good. This will be the third time. You've been around rock and roll for forever. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of rock and roll boyfriends. I mean, you ended up with the ultimate rock and roller here, you know? No, <laughs> but I I may be sublime, but uh, I don't hold the candle to Eric Clapton. I have one that wanted oh. me to have a oh. baby with him. What? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Repeat that. Say that again. What? I met him at a dinner party, and we spent some time together. When we're saying then him, who? Then two years Eric later, Clapton? he yeah. comes back in town, and he finds... because I had phone moved. rings, and it's, hello, is this Allison? And she says, yes. I had says, moved... <laughs> And so he asked this friend of mine, who's a drum tech, and if he knew who Allison Reynolds was. And I knew J-Mo for years. He, he was an old boyfriend for like two seconds. And then I said, no, you're not boyfriend material. Anyway, so he gives Eric my number. So it's a Wednesday night. I've moved from one place Eric to the other. Eric Clapton. Yes, Eric Clapton. <laughs> and going. I get this phone call. Oh, it's like 8 o'clock at night. And it's Eric. And he goes, I'm in town. I would love to come by and see you, you know. And I said, well, why don't you come for dinner tomorrow night? And he goes, okay. So he comes for dinner. I forget exactly what I made him. I know I, I made him asparagus soup. soup. I know. That's the I worst. remember that. I don't know what the rest of the dinner was. Joel but even remembers. I made a very nice dinner for him. Now, he actually, I didn't know this at the time, but he had stopped drinking. Oh. I said, what would you like to drink? And he goes, actually... Yeah, drink. That would be great. And I said, well, I'm not a real alcohol person, so we may have to go to the store. So there's a 7-Eleven store, like maybe three blocks from my house in Sherman Oaks on Van Nuys Boulevard. And we go in there. They have no idea who this guy is. No idea. They're all playing pinball in the back and stuff, you know. And, and so I'm like, okay. So we go in there, and he gets his stuff that he wants, but all he has is the $100 bill. And on the thing it says, no, $100 no change for more than a 20 right? And I'm, I'm up there going, 
do you realize who this is? And couldn't you just do it this once? And da, 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 yeah. So Eric is going up and down the aisles getting famous Amos chocolate cookies. And <laughs> trying to spend $100. It was hysterical. And finally the guy said, okay, okay, you know, you don't have to spend it all. So then we left and, and came back to my house and had a nice night. That's and, and so then, funny. And then he just decided that he was asking you if you would have his baby. In a roundabout way, yes. Because <laughs> when we had been together the, the look first on Scott's time, face right now is great. Who had his baby then? He really, really liked me the first time because I'm not your usual person. I don't like go, oh, I want to take pictures of you and stuff. I never did that. So he knew that I was okay. So when he wanted to get a hold of me the second time, he had wanted children. Wow. And uh, so we're sitting there. It's quick. And he kind of, in a roundabout way, you know, says something. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. I had to have a hysterectomy so many years ago. And, and he asked, how old are you? <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. I said something. Because what he didn't realize is that we were born the same year. <laughs> he was three months older than me. That's it. He wasn't robbing the cradle. He just thought he was. Yes. But I've always looked young. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, you and, look great. Yeah. Now, you uh, also dated someone. Uh, you went on the road with Tom Petty, didn't you? Yeah, but I didn't date him. I was friends with he and his wife. But, okay. yeah, I was 15 years of being around them. She was very yeah. close to the Petties when I first yeah. came into the relationship. It was a good eight months before I was invited over to the Petties because, you know, you wanted, you wanted to make sure that... <laughs> Things are gonna keep. You wanted it. to make sure you weren't gonna slap anyone when you were talking. Tom Petty was Tom Petty was the coolest person on the planet. We had he, many, he many wonderful, lovely nights with him. We used to come over before we would spend Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving at the mansion. Allison would make in the eighties. Once I started, uh, it, the, the late seventies, early eighties, I met both he and his wife, and I became very close friends with them. And then I started dating. The keyboard player. Ben Mont. Ben Mont. And um, I was very close with Howie, the guy that the passed player. away. He was the bass player in the band. And we knew Stanley, who was the drummer. We knew him first because he was dating a playmate. That's how I kind of got to know the manager and everybody before I even met Tom. When you think about it, I mean, a lot of playmates were dating different rock stars. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a, that was a, a thing. Yeah, yeah, it was totally a thing. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, I'm going to be a rock star, and I'm going to date a playmate. I mean, that's what you knew. That's yeah. what it was. Apparently, it was one of the perks. It came with a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever date any rock stars? No, I was with, um, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> that what's his name. Again. <laughs> the man whose name shall not oh, be spoken. We don't want, exactly. Yeah, we don't want to excite yeah, him. Yeah, you, you guys yeah. are about to go on a big Europe trip. I know I, I follow you guys. You guys do some really cool blogging. You go to different hotels. You do write-ups. Your photography. You get to use it all. I understand you're going to go, be going back to Europe. Is that for work or just fun? Pleasure? We, we did 15 years as travel writers. We're going both. And one of the reasons we became travel writers is because we wanted to be treated the way we were when we traveled with him. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was my question going to be asking. Is like, oh you got God. to travel in style. top of the line. In oh, style. Yeah. Five oh, yeah. stars. Dude, we were so spoiled. I'm sorry. Once you've gone to Con and then your own 2727 loaded with, with Laurent Perrier champagne and you spend 
four days on a yacht in Cannes and two days with Lenny Kravitz and hot chicks everywhere. Oh my God. And we had a party um, on the on the boat. We had yeah, a party yeah, we're on the boat. Party yeah. we got with Matthew McConaughey and John Bon Jovi because they were both in that movie U two thirty one, which is about the submarine. Yes, yes, and yep. that was when it premiered. And right next door to us was Victor Dre on his from yacht. Dre's. Yeah, from Dre's. Monday night Dre. No way. No, totally. Totally. Was that the first trip when the boss started using the captain's hat? I remember I we had so. to find we I had to go find so. him a captain's hat, and I think it was that yes, trip. Because we found we it at a hat shop in Long Beach, and he, he never stopped it wearing on, it. He put it on when we took the launch from the yacht over to Hotel de Cop to play backgammon and have lunch, and he never took it off for twenty three. That's years. true because we're out in the sun, and so he yeah, he needed a hat because well, because yeah. I remember we bought him a derby. Remember, that, remember, he, for a little while he had that one derby, but I think it was this trip. It had yeah. to have been. You know what's and weird? He needed something that would be cool because you guys would be on a yacht. You hey, know what's weird cool. is that years later wow. I saw it Chuck became his Berry. look. Yes. Really? Yeah. I saw Chuck Berry documentary footage of the last ten years of his life. Chuck Berry wore the same hat that half wore. No, that really? He did. Remember. He wore a captain's hat. It's crazy. You know the captain's oh, no. hat, the robe, and the pipe, the pipe, which he didn't smoke at the end. You know, you put those things together. Without a body in there. Oh, you know who it is. It, you know, you yep, put yeah. it on a rabbit. Oh, you yeah, put it totally. on a turtle. It's heft. But what I love <laughs> is that tonight is the 50th anniversary of, of Dark Side of the Moon. That's yes. right. Allison has this incredible story about seeing Dark Side of the Moon at the forum at the peak of their career when the hospital bed came flying down from the back corner, the 76 tour. Now, I saw that tour when I was 19. Oh, rub it at in. Capital Center. No, no, no. Allison's I saw it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you had way better tickets than I had. I had shitty tickets in the back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Allison. I love you guys. You've been listening to Rogue Buddies Mayhem. And, and the, the Mayhem, Mayhem continues. Hey, Mayhem Familia. Don't forget to click, like, and subscribe. And tell all your friends. Also, visit us at rbmayhemshow.com. That's R.B. Mayhem, Mayhem spelled M-A-Y-H-E-M, show.com. And I want to give a special thanks to Dapper Labs, Flow, Gig Labs, and also Flow Score. And the Mayhem continues!